Good evening, everyone. If you could please uh, just take a moment and turn your cell phones on silent or turn them off or whatever is most convenient for you, that would be great. Tonight we've gathered to commemorate the night that Jesus was betrayed. These are the days leading up to his crucifixion. This evening is called Monday Thursday because on this night Jesus gave certain mandates or commands that uh, the last instructions that he would give to his followers. We see that during these last days Jesus was willing to walk into darkness for us. But the scriptures teach us that Jesus was the light of the world. His light glowed through his healings, through his miracles, through his teachings. But it seems to me that Jesus' greatest day, the day that his light shone the brightest, was the first Palm Sunday, which we celebrated last week when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a colt, when the people waved the palm branches and spread their garments on the road before him and shouted, Hosanna to the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But we see the scriptures teach us that after that grand entrance into Jerusalem, Jesus spoke to his disciples and said, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it will bear much fruit. He continues, my soul has become troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But this is the purpose for which I came was for this hour. Jesus cries out to the heavens, Father, glorify your name. And a voice came down from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and I will glorify it again. So Jesus said to his disciples, for a little while longer, the light is among you. Walk while you have the light so that darkness will not overtake you. Believe in the light so that you may become the sons of light. Now, in the days that followed that Palm Sunday, what we call Passion Week, it seems that darkness was settling over the city. And it seemed that Jesus knew exactly why. On Monday and Tuesday, Jesus spent all day teaching the crowds of people that had gathered in the temple courtyard. And at night, he would go to the Mount of Olivet. On Wednesday, he was silent. But with the Passover approaching, the chief priests and the scribes, they were seeking how they might put Jesus to death. And Judas, the son of Iscariot, belonging to the number of the twelve, went away, and he discussed with the chief priests and the officers how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted, 
and agreed to give him 30 pieces of silver for his actions. So Judas consented and began seeking a good opportunity to betray Jesus to them. On Thursday morning, Jesus sent his disciples to make preparation for the Passover in Jerusalem in an upper room. And as they gathered that evening, something was different. It seems like a darkness was hovering. As we've gathered on this Monday, Thursday, let us worship the one who was willing to step into darkness on our behalf. into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, 
he rose from the supper and he laid aside his outer garment and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. Jesus approached and he poured the water into the bowl. And he began washing the disciples' feet. He said to them, do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher has washed your feet, ought you ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also follow, just as I have done to you. This was Jesus' first mandate. Humble service to one another. Jesus had taught that the greatest among us must be your servant. And he modeled servant leadership, not only by washing the disciples' feet on that night, but by ultimately humbling himself to the point of death, even death on the cross, to provide a ransom for many. From there, they all returned back to the table, and Jesus became troubled in his spirit. And he said, truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another. They were uncertain about whom he was referring to. So the disciple whom Jesus loved said to him, Lord, who is it? And Jesus said to him, I will give him this morsel of bread when I dip it into the bowl. From there, Jesus fed Judas, his enemy, the one he already knew was going to betray him. The scriptures tell us that after that, Judas, after Jesus, uh, Judas had taken the morsel from Jesus, Jesus said to him, whatever you must do, do it quickly. So after receiving this morsel of bread, the scriptures tell us that Judas immediately left the room. He went out into the darkness of night. After Judas was gone, Jesus had an opportunity with his disciples, and he said, Little children, yet a little while I am with you. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I loved you. You also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you, want, if you love one another. Now, of course, we realize that this is Jesus' second mandate. But it was not really new at all. Jesus, throughout his ministry, had commanded his disciples to love. From loving your enemies to loving your neighbor as yourself, 
Jesus continually called his disciple to love. But remember, as I have loved you, Jesus says, this is key for us to fulfill the commandment, thinking of how Jesus loved us. I think the Apostle John, the disciple for whom Jesus loved, was correct when he wrote in his epistle, we love because he first loved us. So on this Monday, Thursday, let's remember the reckless love that God has had for us and fully demonstrated to us through the person of Jesus Christ.
There's no shadow you won't light up A mountain you won't climb up Coming after me There's no wall you won't kick down A lie you won't tear down Coming after me no. There's no wall you won't end up Wrong you won't kick down Coming after me There's no wall you won't kick down No lie you won't tear down Coming after me And all the overwhelming Never-ending Blackness Love of God And all it chases me down Fights till I'm found And leaves the 99 I couldn't earn it I don't deserve it Still you give yourself away And all the overwhelming Never-ending Reckless love of God As Jesus and his disciples reclined at the table, Jesus shared many thoughts with them. He tells them that after his departure, the Father would send his Holy Spirit and would bring to their remembrance all the things that he had taught them. Peace I leave with you, Jesus says. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not, do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let them be fearful. And then he says to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. But I say to you, I shall never again eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. It seems that Jesus was deliberately upsetting or interrupting the traditional Passover meal. It seems that there was something transitional that was happening here. And of course, us looking back onto history know exactly what it was. It seems that Jesus really was going to use the table as the transition point of launching his kingdom. He had, he had done so many things already. They would have already, if it wasn't for the Pharisees, would have already crowned him king of the Jews. He had extreme popularity at this point. Many people believed that he was the Messiah. You know, the whole Palm Sunday incident makes that very clear. But for Jesus, it seems that this Lord's Supper meal, this Last Supper, as we call it, this was the end of one age and the beginning of another. This is the reason why he didn't feel awkward in disrupting the Passover sequence in doing what he did because he was instituting, if you would, the new Passover because Jesus Christ himself, as the scripture teaches us, is our Passover. He is the Lamb of God. He is the one, the only one. And our focus should be upon him. 
And so he, in that upper room, with those 11 men, made a transitional point that changed world history, changed everything that we know about God and how to live to his glory. The scriptures teach us that while they were eating, Jesus took some bread, and after blessing, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and says, take, eat, this is my body. And then later on, he had taken the cup and had given thanks. He gave it to them, said, drink of it, all of you, for this is the blood of my covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And then again, Jesus says, I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the day that when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. What the scriptures calls the marriage supper of the Lamb. Jesus is waiting for that meal. We see that Jesus' third mandate is for us to remember his sacrifice. And his mandate, which is inscribed on many of the Lord's tables throughout this country and throughout the world, is do this in remembrance of me. Jesus wants us to remember this turning point in history. This evening, we have a grand opportunity to be able to receive the Lord's Supper. The table set behind me is not the table of this church or the table of this denomination. This is the Lord's table. Therefore, all those who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ are welcome to receive from this table. But even as we've seen tonight, in kind of an obscure way, Jesus approached Judas concerning his sin, and Judas departed so that he could have this meal with his family, with his disciples. So the scriptures tell us later on that this is exactly what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to examine ourselves to see if we are in Christ Jesus and that we're really seeking his strength and his comfort in our lives to be able to glorify him. So tonight, as we come to the table, I would ask you to to really pray out to the Holy Spirit and ask the Lord to give you a, a new sense, a renewal, if you would, of what it means to eat the bread and drink the cup. These are common elements, but what they represent is the love of God to humanity. So let's take a moment and examine our hearts before we receive the supper tonight. God, your word teaches us that it's because of your great love for us that you sent your only begotten son. And Jesus, you truly are the humble servant that laid down your life as a ransom for many. Lord, you truly are the one who loves us. You are the one through your death and resurrection 
gives us the ability that we might love others. So, Lord, tonight as we receive your supper, we pray that you will give us a spiritual renewal. That we realize that we need you to feed us and to quench our thirst for righteousness. Minister into our hearts and lives tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. As the elders come forward in the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it as I do in his name. He says, this is my body which is broken for you. Take eat of it, all of you, in remembrance of me. If you'll please hold on to the elements until we're all served so that we might be able to partake together as the family of God. And of course, let us worship God. blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest faith but holy trust in Jesus name my hope is built my hope is built on nothing than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest fame, but I will wholly trust in Jesus' name. In Christ alone, the cornerstone, and weak made strong, in the Savior's love, and through the storm, He is Lord, the Lord of all. If you believe that Jesus Christ was the eternal Son of God who became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, that Jesus lived a sinless life, that he died on the cross for our sins, that God raised him up after the third day, that he sits at the right hand of the Father waiting for the day to receive us unto himself and to enjoy the marriage supper of the Lamb. If the substance of your faith of salvation is found in none other but in Jesus Christ, then receive now the bread of the Lord. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup, as I do in his name, says, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Take drink of it, all of you, in remembrance of me. Again, let's hold until we're all served and let us worship God.
darkness seems to hide his face I rest on his unchanging grace In every high and stormy gale My anchor holds within the veil my anchor holds within the veil In Christ alone The cornerstone And weak made strong In the Savior's love And through the storm he is Lord, the Lord of If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Holy Son of God and can confess even as John the Baptist who said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, then receive now the cup of our Lord. Lord, we thank you for instituting this supper on this night when you were betrayed. We thank you, Lord, that you give, gave us a tool of remembrance and examination. Lord, we thank you that you loved us enough to give us a means by which we can be spiritually nourished throughout our Christian lives. And we thank you, Lord, tonight for this meal. And we pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible tells us that after singing a hymn that they went out to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be grieved and distressed. And then he said to them, my, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. 
And he went a little bit beyond them, and he fell on his face, and he prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not my will, but your will be done. And he came back to his disciples, and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for an hour? Keep watching, keep praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away again the second time and he prayed, My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, may your will be done. And again he came and he found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them again and went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. And he came to his disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping? Jesus' mandate was to pray. But if we are honest with ourselves and with one another, the command to pray is one that we often fail to obey. We are like Peter, James, and John, who often neglect to keep watch and to pray. Tonight, I've asked Robert and Angel and Alex to come and to lead us in prayer tonight, um, that they would stand and pray for us in the way that Peter, James, and John should have prayed that night. Will you all come forward? Good evening, brothers and sisters in Christ. Will you pray with me? Holy Father God, we give you thanks for all things, especially for your son, Jesus Christ, who left his exalted place in heaven to live with us and teach us many lessons, like the example of humble service. This example was demonstrated so perfectly by your son. Your son, Jesus Christ, the one who we know through scripture is greater than any teacher, any prophet, any ruler, any king or emperor that the world has ever known. Your son, Jesus Christ, the word, the light of the world, who was with you in glory before the world was even created. And yet, your son, Jesus Christ, on that evening, willingly chose to humiliate himself by washing the dust and dirt and grime off of the feet of his disciples, a job that in those days was normally performed by the most lowly of servants. Father God, we pray that as we remember Christ's example of humble service, that your Holy Spirit will work in our hearts to counsel and encourage us, to put aside our own, self of, own sense of self-importance and pride, and to allow us to follow Christ's example, to willingly and humbly offer service to our brothers and sisters in Christ, our friends, our neighbors, our families, and even those that we come into contact with that we do not know. 
Lord God, we offer this prayer to you with thanksgiving in our hearts because we know that you hear our prayers and you will work your holy will for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Help me pray for to love one another as Christ loved us. We ask you, Holy God, to give us the wisdom and your love to love others that is so hard to do. God, please install your love in us, Lord God, that you can take away the pride, that you can take away all of that that prevents us from loving one another, loving us one another. Lord, we just thank you so much, God, that while you were in knowingly, um, were ready to face betrayal, you were teaching us to love one another. You continue to give yourself to us, Lord, and you commanded us to continuously love support one another and God it is just such a great honor Lord to be here and God I just ask you Lord that to give me your love to love all those who are not lovable help us Lord God help us because without this love God we can never fulfill your commandments Lord and we just thank you so much God for today we thank you so much for everything that you have done for us, your church. And we ask, Lord God, that we can extend this love to the people that don't know you. Help us, God, to be able to preach your gospel. Help us, God, to love the unloved ones, Father. Thank you so much, God, for everything. And we pray in the amazing name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, it's amazing how you give us this avenue to talk to you anytime when things are great, when things are bad. You open up this avenue for us to be close to you and forgive us for not taking advantage of that opportunity that you give us to talk to you every day. When we wake up, we're rushed and we have so many things to do that we just hurry and get on with our day and so many times we forget. We forget to pray or we fall asleep when we're praying or our mind wanders to different directions instead of focusing on you, Lord. You are everything and you are who solves everything for us. Forgive us, Lord, that we come to you so many times just with our problems and asking for things instead of just rejoicing too for who you are and just being grateful that you're in our lives. Help us so that we come to you in all those moments, little moments, big moments, and especially all those little moments that we forget. We tend to think that sometimes we only need to pray for the big things, but you like us to pray for anything. And you open up that, that avenue for us to just be your friend and 
to talk to you every single day about everything that happens in our lives and that instead of it being our will that you you want us to pray so that it's always your will and then we follow in what you want in our lives lord um, and that we pray for each other and that we love each other and that we are always um, thinking of how to advance your kingdom lord and how through prayer we become stronger in you Help us so that we always keep that in mind as a church and as a family and individually, that we come to you in prayer humbly, um, asking for your love that you always give us so graciously and that we take for granted so often, Lord. Thank you for being there for us always, for giving up your life for us, for just being there and loving us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. At this point, Jesus says, Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, he said to Peter, James, and John, and let's be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. And while he was still speaking, a crowd came. And the one called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. And he approached Jesus and kissed him. Jesus said to him, Judas, you're betraying the son of man with a kiss. When those who were around him saw what was happening, they said, Lord, shall we strike them with a sword? And one of them struck a slave of the high priest ears off, ear off. And Jesus answered, says, stop. No more of this. And he touched the young man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests and the officers of the temple, as well as the elders who had come against him, he says, you have come out here tonight with swords and clubs like you would against a robber. And while I was daily in the temple, he did not lay a hand on me. But this hour... And the power of darkness are yours. They seized him and led him away into the darkness to Caiaphas, the high priest. And the disciples, well, they all fled. The chief priests and the whole council brought false testimony against Jesus so that they might order him to be put to death. But after Many false witnesses came forward. They did not find any evidence that would justify a crucifixion. So they began to mock him, to spit on him, and to slap him on his face. Then they blindfolded him and beat him with their fist. As they were doing this, they were laughing and giggling and yelling out, prophesy to us, you're the Christ. Tell us which one of us hits you right then. But Jesus kept silent. Later on, outside in the courtyard, Peter denied that he ever knew Jesus. And after this assault, Jesus was thrown into prison. 
He was held captive so that the Jewish council could bring him to the Roman authorities early Friday morning. Just think, the one who came to set men free was bound and put into a prison cell. The forces of darkness, well, believed that they had won. But the scripture tells us that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness will not overcome it. Jesus humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross, and his humble obedience, well, this brought pleasure to the Father, as well as it has secured our salvation in the sight of God. Jesus told us, I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. People dwelling in deep darkness will see a great light, the prophet tells us, and those who are dwelling in a region in the shadow of death, the light will dawn on them. The Father, by his grace, has delivered us from the dominion of darkness, and he has transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. So let us, tonight, on this Monday, Thursday, in humble obedience, let us say yes to the Father's will. Let us worship God. Jesus Christ, we praise you. Jesus Christ, we praise you for your body was broken for us, broken for us, and your precious blood was poured out for us, poured out for us. Christ, we praise you. Jesus Christ, we praise you. For your body was broken for us, broken for us. And your precious blood was poured out for us. You were poured out for us. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 
was broken for us, broken for us. And your precious blood was poured out for us, poured out for us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. want to invite you to come and join us tomorrow at 12 noon as we celebrate uh, Good Friday. We'll go through the hour-by-hour description that's given to us in Mark chapter 15 as we come to the day where Jesus was put onto the cross and died for our sins. Tonight, as we leave, let us keep in mind the mandates that Jesus gave to us, that we would be humble servants, willing to love others, pray constantly for his strength, and remember his sacrifice that strengthens our souls. Let's stand together as I offer a closing prayer and a benediction. Lord, Make us your humble servants who remember your sacrifice, willing to love others, those who pray constantly for your strength. As we leave this evening, help us to remember your mandates to serve, to love, to remember, and to pray. Hear now this benediction from God's word as we each go our own way. Hear now the word of God. Now the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of his eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. And God's people say, Amen. Amen. God be with you.